0: Hello, everybody. Welcome in. This is the Bite Me podcast. Uh, thanks if you registered, if you've subscribed. I'm John Lopez. That is Captain Scott Knoll. We are really having a good time with this thing. And today we've got a great, great show lined up for you. How about, well, I, I'm not going to say internet sensation, but a Bite Me Facebook group page sensation. Uh, we're going to be uh, speaking with him. Uh, Drayton Mazak I think that's the pronunciation. we'll get it correctly but if you if you are a member of the bite me podcast uh, Facebook group page, which by the way, if you're listening to us for the first time, you got to become a member there because that's the best way to get a hold of us to ask questions to bring up topics uh, for suggestions and also for y'all to brag a little bit. It's one of my favorite things about the bite me uh, group page. there's two things I love about it and I was just talking about this with uh, uh, w- my boss here at uh, the, my, my day job at sports radio 610 uh, and sportsradio610.com. Uh, our guy Armin, he's a big avid fisherman. I'm gonna get him out there, but he brought up the fact that he loves going to the bite me group page because it's civil. I mean, <laughs> it's no politics, <laughs> uh, no you know, trash talk. It, we don't even really have to police it, it, it it's just good old fashioned talking fishing and Scott this past week I couldn't resist myself a 14 year old kid his name is Drayton Mazak as I just mentioned posted on there and if you haven't seen it it's worth the scroll uh on there about he bought his first boat he loves listening to the podcast he's learned a lot he's trying to take all the lessons that he's getting from you and me and uh, everybody who joins us here on the podcast bought a I want to say it was like a 14 foot yeah, 14-foot. Uh
1: I think it was a Tran.
0: Tran, that's right. A 14 the 14-foot Tran.
1: Yeah, the little baby cat. Mm-hmm. I think it was the predecessor to the baby cat. And it's
0: a good boat. Yeah. And you got a little 50 horsepower on there. Dude, He is. he's, he's, he's in for a, a
1: hell of a good time. You know, that's a great place to start. Yeah. I mean... Hell, that's way better than I started with. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did the same thing. I was 14 working, yeah. you know, but uh, I waited until I was almost 16, almost driving, I guess, before mm-hmm. I bought my little John boat. Yeah, I was older than that. I was already married. You know, Yeah, I think I was 24. when I, got I went my... to Montgomery Wards in Pasadena. Got yourself a little flat bottom? Bought me a little flat bottom John <laughs> boat and no trailer. I had a 15 horse. You put it uh, in the back of your truck? Yep. Oh my god! Fifteen gosh. horse Chrysler ever uh, Chrysler uh, Sea King is mm-hmm. what they called them.
0: I had a Johnson on my first one.
1: Well, I ended up selling that boat years later. I have, hell, after we were married, mm-hmm. uh, I had three boats at the time. Camille said so that was too many. Yeah, and uh, she's got some nerve. Yeah, <laughs> so I sold it and I sold it to an officer friend of mine. And last I heard, he was still using it. That's awesome. I mean, I had, that thing. I hate to say how old that thing is. Yeah. It's 40-plus years old. Hey, it's a so flat bottom. It still works. Yeah. And we stenciled on the side of it the Mary Mullet <laughs> because that's what we felt like going across the Alveston.
0: Hey, look, bait. Oh, no, it's Scott. Uh, no, I thought it was bait, but it's Scott. Uh, No, listen, man. So you're going to enjoy the story. We got a hold of uh, Drayton and we're going to have a little chat with him there with uh, uh, a guy that listens to the podcast like crazy. And we're so happy and proud that we could uh, influence him a little bit. A lot worse things he could be doing than hard work and fish. I mean, there's a, a lot of stuff they'd be going. So we got a really good show too, today for you. Uh, but back to, to where we started, uh, go ahead and uh, subscribe to our podcast. Uh, it, it's got a life of its own. We've created a community out of nothing, you know, just kind of out of a, a something we all like to do. So go to the group page. And uh, you know you can leave your like I said your topics and questions et cetera there. You can subscribe on iTunes, uh, Spotify, and anywhere else that you get uh, your your podcast. So let's get right into it because we have a big big show today. And uh, uh, be, beyond talking to, to young Drayton, uh, we, we're gonna we're gonna cover a lot of ground for you. Hopefully, help you catch some more fish, which which is what we're all about uh, here. But let's not bury the lead. You left us hanging last week, Scott. You. uh you, you rented uh, a, a giant piece of, uh, a giant Tonka t- toy. Uh, you started digging on your property over uh, near Port O'Connor. And what's the latest with uh, the, the redfish hole you're digging? Uh, yeah, somebody said that the other <laughs> day, uh,
1: old Ron over in uh, Louisiana, he, said, mm-hmm. he sent me a message and said, hey, how's that little pond coming? I said, hell, it's a lake now. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I could put the Sabine in there. I could drop that boat in there. And I could get it on plane from one end to the other. It's not a little circle pond. God I built a big pond. (laughs) What is that? What do you think the surface area is gonna be when it's filled? Oh, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to measure it in acreage because it's so different in size. Yeah. I did not do I didn't want to do one of those rectangle ponds. I didn't want to do Yeah, you did the right thing. It's kinda like a a sea almost. Yeah, I got all and I've got creeks in it in Mm -hmm. the bottom of it where I dug deeper and put ledges in there i put points going out uh, i've got a peninsula that goes out on one end of it mm-hmm. i just did a lot of different things with it just had fun with it too yeah and uh, it's a hell
0: of a fun project
1: yeah and at the end i i drained my my little pond mm-hmm. i got it connected to the new big pond and so they're connected <laughs> do you mean too and uh, yeah oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that's part of the plan that's, that's where i was shooting for it. and i went all the way up to it and i connected the two of them together and it drained the little pond, mm-hmm. and uh, there were hundreds and hundreds of catfish in and there. You not think thousands. So, huh? I didn't think we had anything in there but minnows. Yeah. You know, because it goes dry every now and then. Yeah. But it has. And uh, so once I did that, I let it drain and sit for a day or two. Yeah. And I eased that uh, excavator down there because I knew it was pretty soft. Right. But I eased it down there to the edge of the pond and I just started digging and Connecting I went them. deep. Yeah. Now, I mean, this is actually oh, hard connected. Already connected. And uh, I just dug deep, deep, deep down there, as, mm-hmm. as deep as that big excavator would go, yeah. which were probably 15 to 18 feet, somewhere That's incredible. down there. And the, uh, it was sand down. I hit some sandy clay down there at the bottom, mm-hmm. and it was like jello. It, w- it would wiggle. So it was wet. And it was real wet. So I got a few more scoops out of it. And then also there was three springs that popped up in the bottom of it and started filling that hole well, You're up. golden now. And so now I got, I got permanent water out in that thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm all happy with it. Man. I saved a bunch of the catfish. I went out there. Camille laughed at me because I was out there mm-hmm. in my rubber boots walking around in the muck, yeah. picking up catfish and putting them in a net and dumping them into so the you're going to have catfish. You're going to have some freshwater redfish in there. Yeah, I have bass, and I got a line on some stripers. Some striper hybrids. So if you so the water could be up to 18, 20 feet deep. That the stripers when, will in work places, in places. Yeah, it'll be. I mean the.
0: No, I'm saying if you're looking for striper, that'll that's, yeah. you'll, you'll know where to get them. Overall, <laughs> I mean
1: it'll it'll be probably between twelve and fourteen feet deep throughout most, most of the it, center of it most of it. Yeah, uh, the length of it. Um, so i think i'm good man and uh, hey, i've been talking i got a i got a kayak yeah oh yeah i'm, I'm gonna have a little dock on there yeah. for the kayaks and a little, little launch spot but uh i was talking to somebody the other day about uh about the redfish hatchery it used to be over in palaches mm-hmm. and i think i mentioned it on here and, yeah you did and one of the guys sent me a message and uh, he said man i think i know somebody that knows somebody you know and well, he's trying to best give me kind of relationship he's trying to give me the information uh it hadn't come he's through yet in code he's trying to he's, he's trying to get in touch with them and for me and uh, if he can do that that it'd be fantastic because then i'll you know i can get me just a bunch of hatchery sized redfish and hatchery sized bass and throw them all in there at the same time and yeah rock and roll man man that's gonna be a blast I'll I'll a fun I mean, little place just to sit have a beer in yeah. the evenings. Yeah, I'm sure mullet will live in freshwater too. I see them all the time in the bayous. Yeah. So I mean I might go cast nets and mullet and throw them in there too. What are you not gonna have in this thing? Hey, I'll have crawfish in there. Yeah, you will definitely have crawfish yeah, in there. I have crawfish and I don't know, blue crabs live in freshwater. You should get some too. of those
0: little crawfish traps and just put them on the, along the edges. Yeah. I mean I've well, every, I mean do I mean it, have, every possibility is on the table. Yeah it's
1: my pond yeah (laughs) i can do with it what i want want to do with it i want a pond (laughs) i want one of those
0: i want what you what he's having uh that's cool man a couple people i'm sure were wondering so i wanted to get there um when you
1: look at the pictures on on facebook it doesn't look as pond. big as it really is yeah i'm gonna have camille take one with me standing down in the bottom Put of the it. truck on the, next to it or something that'll give you some idea yeah. you can see the excavator in a couple of pictures yeah and everybody thinks oh those mini x's that are out on the construction no, no, site." No, no, no this is a big excavator <laughs> and it looks little next to that pond
0: that's cool and it's right off the back of your house a little bit so you're gonna yeah. have that view too yep Good deal. That spring was a golden find. Yeah,
1: that was good. I found another one further up too. Mm-hmm. I, so I hit two s- different separate areas that have springs in them.
0: But you, but you gave up the excavators. So you're not gonna just keep digging. Yeah,
1: they came and got it. Yeah, to you bay. can't
0: keep because it'll get good to you. I know. You'll it'll turn into one giant pond. But yeah, they they connected. You'll connect it to the bay if you're not careful. You <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> That's what Caleb. And them, Caleb
1: and all the guys came out the other day. They were down there for the tournament. Yeah. In Port O'Connor, and they came yeah. out to the house to see it and. Had a few beers and Yeah. He said, Man, if you know, if we get get it going right, we can just take it right straight to the intercoastal over there. Just keep going. It's I'm only about a mile from the intercoastal. Wouldn't take me, but that's a good
0: thing that uh, you get rid of the excavator. But no, that's pretty cool. We'll get some pictures on the on the podcast uh, group page uh, as well. Um, also, um, Star Tournament time. Before we get into some of these other things uh, that we've got for you today, because we've got some great questions from some listeners. Uh, Star Tournament is upon us. It gets updated uh, weekly at startournament.org. And, you know, we both have a lot of good friends over there uh, Bill Kenny, you know I talk to him all the time, and uh, uh, certainly uh, Dylan Sassman, who uh, does a lot of the legwork on the on the leaderboard and such. And leaderboard's starting to take shape pretty good now. Uh, it, it really is. Um, as of last week, you you, you had uh, you know some some decent trout uh, in uh, in the adult division. You got some scholarship winners uh, on the way. Uh, it, you got some tagged redfish that have already been caught. You got a ten pounds seven ounce. Uh, speckled trout on the lower uh, lower coast. That's going to be tough to top right there. Yeah. Uh, a ten-seven. I can't even imagine how big. Yeah, with
1: summertime weights being yeah.
0: down. Yeah, I don't see that one getting beat. Yeah, no. It's uh, there's some eight pounders. It's got to be a minimum eight pounds if if you are onto some big trout. It's got to be a minimum eight pounds just to even weigh. So uh, officially weigh. And only three so far tagged redfish have been caught. And you were, you were talking before before we turned on the mics and started recording. That could easily be six or seven.
1: Yeah, the, I want to say there was three on that first weekend mm-hmm. or within the first week before there was ever one turned in that was tagged, right. you know, that, that was somebody entered. There was three different redfish that were caught by people who hadn't entered into the contest. Mm-hmm. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. It'll, I mean, you will kick yourself forever.
0: Oh, oh, can you imagine? Especially like someone like... Like, okay, a first-timer, second-timer, it's going to break your heart. It's going to break anybody's heart. But someone who's been doing it for 10, 12, and you hear these stories, 10, 12 years, then they're like, eh, and they don't register here. Yeah, I don't one ever here. win. <laughs> and then they catch one. Yep. <laughs> That'll that would be me. That would, but, that would leave a mark. Yep. Yeah, would, I'm not eligible. So. Uh, well, the, the the guide thing is going on yeah, again. Yeah, the guide
1: the guide side, and yeah, uh, that is
0: basically if you put a, someone on, you're going to be in a drawing. If right. you put someone on a winning fish, the guide is in a drawing. Right. For a boat and a trailer motor uh, package as well it's a real cool deal man it really is i'm I'm myself transitioning into a new boat and it's been it's been kind of eye-opening and 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 fun because it, it, as i've as i've said you know i'm I'm uh, getting in on that um that freedom warrior 23 which is a badass boat and getting it over with jake and uh and and uh chet at, at you've heard him uh we, we talked to him pretty regularly here on the podcast from the boatyard but the thing about it is it's you know obviously they're building it so it takes a while but i've been able to to you know fish from the shoreline a lot more because i still go down there i don't go down there as much but I've been I've been pounding old Dead Caney Creek and the surf. And uh, then you get it, it you go back into old habits where you, you go over the bridge and you're like, nope, not today. Because as <laughs> soon as you see the water, you know, you're like, yeah. no, not going to happen. Or you go over the bridge and you hit that apex and you're like, ah, okay, now we're talking. Yeah. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. When I mean, you were boatless and you're like, you have all these little stuff. So it's kind of like a touchstone back to my past. You know yeah, mine I mean? was
1: always, I'd be going down the Gulf Freeway mm-hmm. and I'd hit uh, Dickinson. You know McCree Ford down there,
0: yeah,
1: and I'd I'd hit that, and they had the big flags, and you could see. And when I would see those big, you know, the flags up by my house up off Edgebrook. Lie they, to you. they were always laying down. Yeah, they light it. But as I got closer, those were my first real indicators, mm-hmm. and I could tell you almost exactly the degree that the wind was blowing by looking at the flags yep. in front of McCree Ford. Yep, and uh, <laughs> so that and how straight they were, mm-hmm. and that there were times that that changed the direction that I was headed.
0: I mean, I I can't even tell you how many times you have those little indicators like you're talking Mm -hmm. about, you know, whether it was when I was at Surfside and I was living in Clute for a while when I was a kid. uh, I knew exactly where to go, what to look at, you know, when you get over the bridge. uh, And now I'm doing it down in in Matagorda. I'll I'll tell you what, it's also given me a a new appreciation uh, for our friends over at uh, Coastal Fishing Gear with the, the madre sling uh because i'm just i just keep that in my truck and it, you don't have to put on the whole bulky thing you know i've talked about yeah. it we, there's some pictures on the on uh, the group page there um that uh that 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 madre sling uh is f- from wade Wright. i just sling it over yeah. i'm out so your scout's gone I'm fishing huh? the scout is gone anybody want to buy it it's at the boat yard too uh <laughs> they've had a couple of nibbles so uh Get in on that. I'm not even worried about making a lot of money on it. I just want to get my new boat. Uh, it's paid for. The Scout's paid for. Yeah. It's got that new motor on it. So you want a brand it's new It's a hell motor. of a
1: deal for somebody. 15 hours on the motor. I know. Maybe that's what kind of surprised me when you got the new motor and then you well you know,
0: exactly got
1: into a new boat. Well, the
0: thing was, I was looking to buy a new boat, looking to buy a new boat. I, I got so emotionally attached to this Scout because I just love that boat. It, it it I just love it. I mean, it was like emotional when I fished for the last time on it. But and that, and then I put a new motor on it, and I was like, yeah, I can I can go a few more years on this. And then I was talking to Chet and 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 Jake over there. And I mean, they just gave me a deal. I was yeah. like, hey, come on now. I mean, I <laughs> know uh-huh, how you feel.
1: I had to go up to the front to open my gate. Yeah, to let the guys out mm-hmm. that bought my East Cape. It gets emotional. My old East Cape Fury, man. I'd had that boat eight years. Yeah, and uh, I really enjoyed that boat. Had a lot of good oh, times I, on I it. Took,
0: I took, I was all in. I I took a, a selfie on it, sent it to my kids. Yeah. Saying, oh, that
1: old that old thing about the best day with a boat that's is when crap. You, you buy it, and the day you sell yeah. it, those are the two best days. That's yeah. bullshit. Yeah, that's <laughs> crap. Sorry, it's crap
0: because <laughs> it, it totally is. If you, you don't, if you know how to use a boat and you use a boat enough, you it's part of your family. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, yeah, I'm going to sell that thing. They got it over there. You can talk to Chet and, uh, and, uh, and Jake and I'm going to get that. I think they're building it right now. They should be. I can't wait to get my hands on it. It's going to be a nice, nice boat. We'll that, bring uh, it to Port O'Connor. We'll break it in. I'll break it in. I'm going to hopefully get it real soon and, and go right to Port O'Connor because I want to get down to Rockport too and just mark everything. I want to come up the coast with some yeah. of the, some of the spots. I only go to Rockport like once or twice a year. Yeah. Port O'Connor, maybe once or twice a year. So I want to like just spend a week, take a week off, and just go and just start marking. You know, because I've got the little chip, right? But I don't know how reliable it's going to be. I'm gonna have to get with you and. And our guy, Shane Leckler, by the way, uh, he he might make an appearance on the podcast here pretty soon. Uh, I'm going to be going down there, so I might... uh, Future Hall of Famer. Future Hall of Famer, Shane Leckler, former Raiders, former Texan. uh, So we'll we'll get him on the podcast here in the next couple of weeks uh, as well. All right. So let's get to some of these questions, Scott. I know you got the answers because you the man. Um, I'll just start. I'll read them verbatim, man. Uh, This is right off the the Facebook group page. Um, Something we've talked about here and there. You know a lot more about it than I do. I I kind of just dumb into them. I kind of get lucky with them occasionally if I see something floating on the water. Anything about triple tail? Uh, the 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 listener says they're they're un, it's unknown to me, but it's on my list of want to catch, uh, and it should be because it's delicious. My buddy who fishes Port O'Connor down by you, Scott, is crazy about them. I'm not sure I get it, but I'm willing to give it a go. Uh, let's let's do the the basic stuff, man. Uh, you want to give it a go? You want to
1: you know stumble into some some uh, triple tail, man? Stumble into <coughs> them is the way that most people yeah. end up doing it. Yeah. I mean that that's a true way that happens. Uh, running the beachfront like I do for tarpon, I'm constantly looking uh, anything that's floating in the water, mm-hmm. uh, any piece of debris, uh, little line of weeds. Uh, there's times when we get the good, you know, good solid lines of seaweed will mm-hmm. come in pretty close. And I'll get on that with a trolling motor and just ease down there, you know, and just watch, just look up underneath everything. And a lot of times people don't even realize what they are, you know, when they run across them. Cause they'll they will float out in the open bay mm-hmm. or on the open beachfront and they just lay on their sides, those big ones. Uh, the smaller ones are usually around the structure really tight. Yeah, but some of those big ones I've seen them just absolutely floating out in the middle of the bay. It looks like a dang, looks like a black trash bag. <laughs> I mean, if you don't know what they look like, picture a crappie that's gotten way too big.
0: That's a great way I to mean, put it. They yeah. look
1: they look similar to a crappie, the same ca- kind of body size, but they can get on up there, you know, 15 20 pounds pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, they look lazy. Uh, don't let that fool you, yeah. because the second that they eat, they head right back into whatever structure they were around. Yeah, uh, The buoy, uh, buoys along the ship channel, good good place to check. Uh, any of the buoys on the beachfront that you see, uh, any uh, around some rigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rigs in Matagorda Bay have kind of gotten popular over the last few years, um, coming from Matagorda or Port O'Connor. Right. Uh, and... It's a very, very specific way to fish them in there, and I really haven't gotten into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I know they don't just hang out on the top around the rigs. You know, they're not just floating up there. They're down right. in the rig on the legs, on those gas wells.
0: Almost like a uh, sheephead.
1: Yeah. and they're But they're a little higher, aren't they, in the water column? Sometimes. Yeah. But uh, from what I'm gathering, you know, I haven't done that style of fishing yet mm-hmm. i mean all my triple tail come from beachfront yeah uh when i see them yeah that's when we go after them uh the other part about triple tail is they are weird weird on the bite i mean they you can catch one on a lure mm-hmm. from time to time uh doa shrimp mm-hmm. is a real good one to throw at it mm-hmm. you know the little small quarter ounce size um but a live shrimp is probably the number one to go after go after those i've tried it with fly and i still haven't got one yeah i mean as many times as i've thrown a fly at them you'd think sooner or later i'd get one <laughs> but uh, it just hadn't happened for me yet uh, <laughs> the first one i ever took a shot at with a fly i was on a buddy's boat we We're on mm-hmm. it's a tall 28 29 foot boat and we we're running out king fishing, messing around we we're coming back in right and i was driving the boat on the way back in, I saw his triple tail, a huge triple tail. Hey, hold on, hold on. And he's just laying there while <laughs> I was driving a boat, so I woo, shut yeah. it down. Everybody was half asleep coming back in. And I yeah. raised up, what? And I said, ease me up there that thing. He had a bow pulpit on yeah. that boat. You yeah. know I mean? It was that size boat. So I go up there, I get on that pulpit, and I'm standing with my fly rod, and I'm motioning him, you know, telling him what left 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 right right you know give me a little bit closer and i would start working my fly rod to get it yeah i make one good cast and then he damn near runs over the thing he's still moving forward and of course gone you, it doesn't eat yeah gone. It, and then out of the corner of my eye i see this long gaff come flying through and he one of my buddies free gaffed him <laughs> what <laughs> yeah he said i let you cast at him i said one time he, <laughs> says, he just gaffed him he says we ain't letting that thing go you know they're they're, they're delicious they're good eating they're, yeah. they're probably one of the one of the top five fish mm-hmm. out there and the, i mean there's a lot of people who call them number one yeah uh real white meat and uh, but like i said they will surprise you with their strength mm-hmm. they look big and lazy and kind of goofy but man they will go at it. If you get one near one of the gas wells, yeah. you better have your drag on lockdown yeah. and have a trolling motor and be pulling away from it, mm-hmm. Yeah, pulling yourself away from that rig the second you hook it. It's kind of a gulf halibut. Yeah, is is the taste it's real good Yeah, it's good
0: it's real good and uh, outside of that i mean i've I've always caught them like that with bait i mean uh, i've tried uh you know i've I've tried lures as well i know you can catch them with a good old soft plastic sometimes but i've always just used you know just a regular old bait to catch them they look kind of like a piece of wood floating sometimes underneath yeah and and so the number one thing I would say to add to what you did—I mean, you, you nailed it—but uh, is is pace when you're walking when you're going up in on them. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're not sure, just slow down.
1: Yeah. You definitely want to go slow. Yeah. And the other thing is on the beachfront, anyway. Everywhere that I'm looking for triple tail, I'm also looking for cobia, mm-hmm. and the cobia will be in the exact same places as a triple tail. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen. Other than that, I've, I've seen cobia swimming with uh, manta rays and things like that, too. Yep. But uh, any hard structure, the rigs and uh, buoys and things like that, you can look look up under there, and sometimes you'll see a triple tail, sometimes you'll see a cobia.
0: And uh, and it could be a, a board floating in the, you know, an old door or something floating in the in yep. the Gulf. That's a good place to kind of ease up. and Yeah, that
1: is anything that I see floating. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going to slip over there to it. Yeah. Uh, there was one triple tail that I saw him three days in a row. I tried to catch that stupid fish. <laughs> and he was on a pipe. It's a pipe that's in, uh, in Port O'Connor between the jetties and mm-hmm. Pascovallo, about mm-hmm. 150, 200 yards off the beach. Right. Huge steel pipe that just sticks straight up. And it's only about a foot above water. I mean, it's a dangerous pipe. Uh, it needs markers on it. Yeah. But uh I ran up to it uh, several years ago, three or four years ago, and uh, looked at it, made a little circle around it. Oh, man, there's a huge triple tail on there. <laughs> and so I had my fly rods. I was going out looking for tarpon. Yeah. So I start chunking flies at this thing, mm-hmm. and he would ch- come flying off of that that, 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 what they Acting do a lot like, of times they swim in circles yeah. and he would swim in circles around it i'd throw that fly in front of him as he came around and he would start following it he followed it all the way to the boat and then he'd turn around and swim back oh man that's frustrating throw the same fly at him again and he wouldn't even look at it switch flies and he'd follow the he was new curious. the new fly he'd followed all the way to the boat but once he saw it one time he would never come back that's after crazy. it it's crazy so i did that for about 30 45 minutes through every fly that I had at him, got nothing. Mm-hmm. Second day I come back through there by myself, and I tried it again, but I only gave him about five minutes. Yeah, second yeah. day, third day I had a buddy come down and I said, "Hey, you want to go see a big old triple tail?" <laughs> he says, "Yeah, man, I love to catch triple tail." I said, "So you, you ain't you gonna catch, catch it, Yeah, you ain't <laughs> gonna catch this it. This is <laughs> the smartest triple tail you ever seen." <laughs> I said, "But you can look at him." Mm-hmm. So he goes, "Nah, man, I'll catch him." And he threw D.O.A. shrimp at him. He threw soft plastics. He, he threw everything that he had at him, and uh, never got him. Never got a even a that's awesome. Any kind of reaction out of him.
0: When you say big, give me a, give me give me some perspective. Uh,
1: he was probably pushing that twenty pound mark. Oof. He was a good one. Oof. I mean, he was a real good one.
0: That would have been fun. Yeah, I mean, he's probably still out there mocking you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I look at that pipe every time I go by it. Uh, any customer that's been on my boat when we go they to our the They know the pipe. I'll just ease on up there to it and I'll check it on the way out and I'll check it on the way in. <laughs> One of these days. One of these days there's gonna be a triple tail there yeah. that wants to eat. He's he's uh he's your white whale. <laughs> yep. The speak. reason I said the DOA shrimp, mm-hmm. if you throw something with lead, it's gonna sink way too fast. Mm-hmm. They wanna come out and check something out. Yeah. And they wanna look at it. And the DOA shrimp And it's so natural. It's natural looking mm-hmm. and it and it hovers. Yeah. You know, it doesn't sink right away. Mm-hmm. So it, it can stay in their face a little longer. Yeah. And maybe you'll have a better chance at it. Same thing with cobia. Mm-hmm. Uh, cobia are weird, curious, weird fish. That's uh, I've
0: caught them. I mean, you know, but that's that's one that it's hard to, you know, I've, I don't have a lot
1: of experience with cobia. Yeah. They're, if you use bait, mm-hmm. everything's good. Yeah. Uh, I've heard people, I haven't ever done it, but taking uh, little small hard heads, really cut, cut the fins off. And get as many as you can. Have, have the kids go out and catch a bunch of them for just you. on the dock, on the ramp, uh, or whatever. Yeah, just catch a whole bunch of them, clip the fins, mm-hmm. and then lip hook them, and throw that wiggling hardhead up there in front of them. I bet you
0: catch a lot of stuff with that. They'll
1: eat it. Yeah, yeah. everything I've heard, they'll eat it. That's awesome.
0: All right, uh, so yeah, that, that's Captain Scott. I'm John, um, and we've got your questions. We're, we're hitting right now. We'll, we'll get to a couple of other things here in a little bit. Uh, but, but here... I mean, we could do a whole show on this. Um, we're, we're, you know, we've got listeners up and down the coast and and into other states, uh, Captain Scott. So, so let's just give a taste of of this one question because we want to keep everybody happy and answer everybody's questions. Um, and we can follow up on this maybe in a future episode. But, um, but, but we have a, qu- a listener, something of a beginner, which we love. I mean, that's why we do this. Uh, we, we, you know, we have a lot of guys that listen to the show. We have a lot of uh, really veteran fishermen listening to the show. And that's good because you can always keep learning. We always talk about that. You, you and I go out in the water and learn something every time we go out. Talk to each other and learn something. At least I talk to you and learn something anyway. Uh, But, uh, um, but especially for beginners. And and sometimes you know guys have a lot of pride and it's hard to say you know hey man I don't know you know that that's one of the best things about this podcast. That's
1: what I've liked about our our Facebook page too. Yeah, is people are actually asking questions on there.
0: Your pride isn't getting in the way, you know. And so he flat out said, guys. I'm a beginner you know uh, I fish out of Galveston you or you you've been in Galveston your whole life you know you you fished in and out of Galveston and he says guys just very basic stuff setups techniques, baits and then he said any any tricks and secrets <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well the, I tell you what the first three things will, will help with the last mm-hmm. you know, you know, setups techniques baits uh, and I wanted to the way I put it on the on the kind of the rundown here is upper Coast you know, Setups, techniques, and baits. Because I think a lot of people can learn from this. Galveston is a different color water. It's yeah. a different type of structure. It's uh, especially you know around uh, some of the cuts. It's uh, expansive. It's, it's a very big base system. Um, so so you got to start right there with the color and the, the the size of the base system with Galveston. But but I'll just toss it to you after that.
1: Yeah, I the water's never going to be super clear except mm-hmm. they're in the middle of the winter. So what does yeah. that mean? Middle of the winter time. It can be too clear mm-hmm. because the Galveston fish they get lost in that clear stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh man, I don't know what to do here. Uh, it's like being at a really really nice restaurant. I don't know which fork to use. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Tell me. So, <laughs> so I think the fish kind of get that same thing mm-hmm. of I don't know how to how to handle this. Mm-hmm. So what I would do in the wintertime a lot of times look for muddy water, look for dirtier water out in the open water, uh, like especially West Bay would get real clear. Yeah. But generally year round uh, you've got that greenish colored water we mm-hmm. call it we always call it trout green yeah and once you see trout green you, you know, know trout green yeah if it starts getting that sandy color to it move and I'm I'm not a big fan of fishing that sandy mm-hmm. stuff the uh, the green water everybody thinks it's dirty you know they call it Galveston dirty water it's just really rich it yeah. has a lot of plankton in it and it has a lot of food in it uh, that in turn, creates a lot of bait fish which in turn feeds all of our the fish we're after right uh he also in his question he, at the very end he threw in that he had a 14 foot john boat mm-hmm. that's going to limit you in Galveston because Galveston's big water yeah and it gets mean a lot of big water a lot of mean water when it gets rough so you need to learn where all the ramps are figure out where every dead gum ramp is mm-hmm. anywhere you in the area you think you might want to fish um there's some over on the south side on Galveston Island, yeah. And when you've got that strong south wind, you can go hit that. Stay in those little small coves that are over there. Uh, but something we've talked about before for a guy like this: go small. You know, pick a small area, learn it. You know, really work it over. Um, some place that you know you can get in and out of in that John boat, mm-hmm. and just pound. Pound and pound on that one area. Every area in Galveston has fish. Yep, they all have fish. It's like that all up and down the coast. Uh, they all have fish at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so you need to learn when when it's good. And pretty much the only way to learn that is to be there and keep trying, keep looking. Uh, you got to be looking for your bait fish. You want to look for that trout green water. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I liked it just. The trout green and then just a little clearer than that. Yeah, I wanted to be able to see down. I wanted to be able to see my lure at least a foot and a half or so. And and, and that's what I do.
0: Just kind of hold it underneath as you're hanging it off the boat and see where it disappears. Yep. And as
1: far as lures go, I would go, you know, if if it's darker than that, you know, if if you're only seeing down six inches to a foot Mm -hmm. and you really can't get any clearer, you know, you've looked around, there's not much clearer, but you're still fishing, just go with the darker lures. Uh, go with something that makes some noise. I use spinner baits a lot in Galveston, mm-hmm. uh, Sabine, Galveston. Uh, Sabine's the same way. Yeah, and and, i got a lot of experience there. Yeah, and so I would throw spinner baits quite a bit mm-hmm. up there because then you've got the vibration and as well as the sight. Right. And uh, in the as the water got clearer, I'd I'd move away from that, mm-hmm. move to more natural colors, uh, a little lighter colored, uh, but. And that fourteen, like I said, the fourteen-foot John boat really kind of puts a kink in your plans, because if you you're not crossing, well, I say you're not. I did.
0: <laughs> you're likely <laughs> as, not. as a kid. <laughs> it was
1: not the smartest thing I ever did, and I probably yeah. should have never done it. And if my dad's listening, no, Dad, I didn't it do didn't that. Didn't do it at all. But uh, yes, I I went from Eagle Point into Trinity, <laughs> and I went from Eagle Point. All the way to Anahuac on well the, on on the uh, East Bay side, I ran that North Shore line. Yep, and across uh, the Ship Channel many, many, many times in that 14 foot John boat of mine. And looking back on it, eh, not the best thing. It was done. not the smartest thing in the world mm-hmm. to be doing. But we fished that back then. We had gas wells too They were scattered all, all around Bolivar, <laughs> uh, yeah. the Bolivar Roads, and. Shoot, man, we went out fish those gas wells all the time. Well,
0: and, and you hit on a couple of things that I that I want to uh, weigh in on real quick. Uh, the first thing you said was water clarity. Um, I in Galveston and in Sabine, um, and really down toward the mid coast too. You can say this where we're, I, I go out of now a little bit. It can it can be too good. The, the water clarity yeah, can be can, can be too definitely. good, uh, where you're like, man, this is beautiful water, and I'm like, yeah, it is. Let's keep going, uh, be, be, because you, yeah. I mean, obviously, you would try it. You never know. We're a lighter, use a lighter color lure, you know, a clearer color lure, or whatever. But it can be too too clear. But the thing I want to I want to hit on the most is 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 what you said about, and we've we've repeatedly said about, you know, uh, start small. This is not exactly small, but let's say one of the one of the parts of of the Galveston Bay system that that I've really learned a lot over the years on is Trinity Bay. And so you have a John boat or or whatever boat you can put in all around, no matter which way, I say this all the time, no matter which way the wind is blowing, you can find a good shoreline to put in at Trinity Bay. You can go all the way down to Double Bayou. Yeah. You can go up to Annaquack. You can go across uh, over toward what's over there by uh, by Beach City and all that stuff. But you can even go into Thompsons and come around the corner. You know, from 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 Galveston
1: Bay up there. So uh, just make sure that wind is going to be consistent. Right, and right. You don't have a, you, yeah. a little front coming. <laughs> like, we
0: got to go across. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm planning on that south wind being here all day. Yeah, There's a north well, now. Yeah, you definitely got to yeah. hit your apps you, and make sure keep but, an eye on it.
0: Uh, but that's my point. You know, you make bays like Galveston and Sabine and most bays up and down the Texas coast. You can always find a ramp. That first thing you said about use your truck, man. Drive around. Get a, get yeah. used to every ramp uh, that you can, and and ask some of the old timers or some guides you know guides will tell you anything about as far as like you know ramps and stuff yeah. you know
1: well i mean i stayed mostly in west bay mm-hmm. I, east bay and west bay i didn't do trinity a whole lot i did mostly trinity and yeah. i did trinity some when i was younger mm-hmm. and then i kind of got away from it yeah uh it was just a longer drive from my house honestly
0: and it was a shorter one for me go and, figure that's why yeah. you got to start because i was living well i still do but i'm um, living in humble i could be an Anawack in an hour right you know so where else am i going to start fishing and i was in
1: pearland so my whole deal was going to west bay chocolate Mm -hmm. yeah i'd go that direction freeport Mm -hmm. and uh, fished all those marshes all up and down through there yeah um yeah man and in west bay you've got like louis on the north side i'm looking at it right now there's Uh, every you got you got some. You got two or three ramps up there on North uh, for, uh, Fat Boys, mm-hmm. and you can stay protected if you got a north wind.
0: You got Chocolate Bay right there. Yeah, and,
1: and you then can, you could also go around on the south side over there, and uh, I don't even know what they call it anymore. It Used to be Pirates. Oh um, well, yeah, but i I think it changed hands, changed names. Mm-hmm. There's there that one in Sea Isle, uh, yep. both had ramps. And you can put in at either one of those and hug the south shoreline. Mm -hmm. And we did it in kayaks. If we can do it in kayaks, you can do it in a john boat.
0: You know, one thing um, I mentioned, you know, that I'm getting a new boat. When I get that new boat, uh, and this can translate to this conversation, I'm going to take a week off. I'm going to take a week off at least so I can get in that boat, put all my stuff in there. Uh, And I know these bays, but I want to get my boat, see where it can go. I mean this one should be able to go just about anyway, but you know, see how I can use it. Uh yeah, sign
1: up for tow US where,
0: where yeah, yeah, sign in, get to know Caleb real well. Caleb is crazy,
1: man. You gotta know people with airboats.
0: He sends us videos sometimes. I'm like, dude, he's nuts. At times, yeah. I mean he's <laughs> it's no wider than the than my truck sometimes where he's putting that boat see, through. I know I, you're nuts too. See, I do that. I just don't but take he's, videos of But it. he's next level nuts. Unless yeah. you know unless there's something about you I don't know. I still don't know. But I uh, uh,
1: I would white knuckle my dad quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He would he just look at me, Half would run something and say, What the hell are you doing? Yeah. And I was yeah, like wasn't wow. that fun I was sliding the boat oh, through the fun? mud <laughs> yeah I was I was slip sliding across the mud uh,
0: but 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 again it, it translates to this like I'm gonna take a week and learn everything do everything try everything on my boat yeah. you can do it when you're learning if you have an old boat a new boat and you're learning a new base system take some time if you can take take three weekends in a row if you can take a week off take a week off start on one end go around find the ramps talk to people put your boat in put it out it's it's that's that's the best advice i can give anybody
1: yeah and that's the other thing different ramps mm-hmm. fit different boats better how far you put it in yeah how far in you got to go how steep it is how how quickly it drops um mm-hmm. uh, there's there's one here in port o'connor that it, a lot of people love clarks i cannot put in at clarks i, I put hate, in at clarks i hate putting in at that ramp yeah
0: it's, it's pretty na- busy sometimes it's
1: narrow it's busy mm-hmm. yeah but it's narrow you know, as far as getting it in there, mm-hmm. which I can back a trailer into. Yeah, you know, I can damn near parallel park with a trailer. Yeah. Um, so getting it into the the slot's not the problem. It has a a flat entry and then it drops really steep. Mm-hmm. So it has this point, and my trailer drags on that point yeah. every time. And it, it does it with the Sabine and it does it with the Dargle and it did it with the uh, the East Cape mm-hmm. and it just irritates me and as i'm sitting there watching other people pulling in and out i'm thinking man is it just me (laughs) and uh, i see other people going across that concrete right there and it just drags on the oh my god i guess it doesn't bother some people but it bothered the hell out of me especially those aluminum trailers Um, it's just taking a little aluminum off every time i went up and down that ramp
0: there's that's that's something because it it, i've I've been there in fact i've got a I've got a story about Clarks that I've never told and it's a boat ramp confessional, but it's not me. It wasn't my, it wasn't. Well, it was kind of my fault.
1: (laughs) It wasn't, it was me. It wasn't
0: wasn't really my fault, but it was kind of my fault because I trusted someone, but, but finish your story because uh, then I'll get to mine.
1: And I had a buddy that came down out of Dallas, Fort Worth uh, last week Mm -hmm. and uh, he didn't know. Yeah. He just, he was staying over at Clark's. He, yeah. he put his boat in over there and he ran out and uh, he got in some kingfish right off the beachfront where I told him to go. And yeah. he was all happy about that. But uh, he said, I am never putting into Clark's again. He said, That ramp was way too sketchy for me. That's funny. Uh, I use Fishing Center.
0: I've used the fishing yeah. center, too. I, I'm not biased, that's My for sure. deal is,
1: with the fishing center, it's got four lanes. Mm-hmm. The parking's a little screwy. Yeah, you know, it's it can get goof, goofy on Saturday. I had to walk two blocks this past Saturday to park. Oh, wow. But uh, we had a big, well, we had that big tournament down. We, oh, we that's right. That, that stuff one going on. In there. And uh, so I had to walk a ways to, uh, to park my truck this time. But uh, normally, I can, I can find one fairly close. But uh, it's got four lanes. There's always an open lane there. You're never waiting on yeah somebody else. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm
0: looking at it right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really like that one.
0: Uh, I've stayed at that little that little throwdown hotel there, yeah. the motel there across from Clark's. I mean, from uh, the the fishing center. Uh, um, but t- tell
1: you how crowded Port O'Connor was last weekend. Uh, I don't know why I took a trip for Saturday. I I know better. Mm-hmm. I don't like to do it. Uh, but I mean, anyway, a tournament yeah, like that. Like, yeah, the tournament. wasn't even just. Port Connor on a weekend and Saturday and yeah. on Saturday and the summertime when it's nice weather, mm-hmm. it's just going to be tough. As I was driving out, people who had launched at Froggies. Mm-hmm. They were parked all the way out to to one eighty five. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, that's a sign.
0: I just turn around. Yeah. I go. I'll go fish in the evening this yeah, year. Yeah,
1: I'm not going through that. Yeah. But yeah, they were parked all the way out to one eighty five. And uh, that's a hike, man. That's a big hike from there down to the intercoastal is a pretty good way. Yeah,
0: and so I, uh, yeah, I haven't been down there in a while. I'm gonna go here pretty soon with the new boat to, to, to get, like I said earlier, get every the lay of the land, so to speak, on all that. So here's a story on Clarks before we go on. I'm, I, I haven't thought of this in years. It's the first and last time I took this dude fishing. Uh, so that's that's a hint right there. All right. <laughs> so I'm I'm like you, very meticulous about. Everything's legal, everything's in its place. I've got everything in order. I test, you know, everything, you know, flares and you know, fire extinguishers and so I back into into Clarkson, you know how the game warden is. It might have been the sheriff. No, it was the sheriff. Um I back in and they always ask you, Is everything good to go? I said, Yes, sir. And as I'm as I'm telling him that, it was my it was it was a friend of mine. And his friend, who I've never really been around, but you know, whatever. grab yeah, bring him. Let's go. Let's go fishing. As I'm saying that, I notice out of the corner of my eye, his friend starts walking to to the to the bait shop, to the building. You know, I'm like, all right, you must need a drink or something. You know, whatever. And and so I see my friend, my other friend, start walking that direction too. <laughs> and uh, and he goes, Is everything good? can mind if I look at your boat? Yeah, hop on, man. I'm I'm open in every every compartment everything he's looking at everything he's going through uh you know uh, i mean they're giving me the total rundown and and i kind of look back at at those guys that that i took fishing and and they're both they both look like they've seen a ghost and i'm like (laughs) oh crap One of these bleepity bleeps has got a big old bag of weed that he brought on the boat. <laughs> and and so that's when I start looking like, you know, a cop knows when you get nervous. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar. And I'm like, and I'm like, Mr. Clear, open everything. <laughs> yeah, every day, look every, everywhere. Whatever you want. I got it all. Here's my line. Here's that. My... After I turn and look at him, I'm like. Uh, we about done here, sir? <laughs> <laughs> nope. And he was actually very cool. He gave me one of those gold stars. Like, you know, if you can flash it to that must have been the game warden. They call him a gold star. It's like this little sticker. If you get stopped again, just show it to the game warden. Yeah, coast guard. Yeah, the coast guard. That's <laughs> yeah. what it was. Yeah, and and they won't even stop you. They'll just say, okay. Good you've already card. been checked. Yeah, you've already been checked. It must have been the coast guard. And they get back on the boat, and they start laughing. I said, if one of you guys... <laughs> brought a bag of weed and didn't tell me onto my boat, and they're like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> and I went on the trip with them. I finished the trip because yep. I had my gold star, you know? Yeah. But. They haven't been on my boat again. They brought, it was like a whole, like whatever, quarter ounce of weed on the boat. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, man, open it all up, whatever you need. Here, you want some of this? (laughs) Uh-oh. He had it in the bottom of his tackle box and they didn't look in there. But I was like, oh, my God. That's a helpful hint. If you're gonna bring weed onto somebody's boat that you don't know, don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or damn sure let them know. <laughs> let them know. I was like, oh my
0: god. All right, let's uh, let's get uh, on to the next topic here, and then we'll get in with uh, with our guy uh, Drayton. Uh, but but this is a good topic that that uh, people. I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't really know the difference and when you should use. Mono versus fluorocarbon uh, leader. Uh, you're an expert on this because of your fly fishing uh, expertise, as much as uh, your other ex- uh, expertise. So, uh, what are some? Let's go through a rundown here. So, so some some good instances when you use you know mono Some good instances when you use fluorocarbon on the leader.
1: Uh, fluorocarbon, clean clear water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, if you're fishing Galveston, don't worry about it. If uh, fluorocarbon is more expensive than mono, and uh, it does. It has less right light refraction within it, the qualities of it, so it basically disappears in clear water. Okay. Um, it with the makeup of it, it's more dense, so it, it does sink faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sinks a little more. So if you're using subsurface lures, fluorocarbon's great. If you're trying to throw a top water, some people don't like using the fluorocarbon. They think it drags down the nose of the top water. I don't stop my top water enough. To where I think that that yeah really doesn't has really affect effect. it yeah. So ninety nine percent of the time I'm using fluorocarbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just because I've got it. You know I've got plenty of it. Uh, I buy the big spools of it. On you know, which one do you trust more? Uh, fluorocarbon. Yeah, uh, it's tougher. It it resists uh, scratches and cuts and nicks and stuff better than monofilament does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you know if. If it's dead slick water and I'm really concerned about how the top water's working, maybe I'd go to a mono. But uh, and when I was in Galveston, I used mono all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, fly fishing, regular fishing, whatever, I just used mono. It was cheaper and uh, it did the job. Then when I'm, when I moved to cleaner water, mm-hmm. Port O'Connor and going down to Port Mansfield and places like that, I'm I'm a lot more into fluorocarbon down there. Uh, As far as size goes, I mean, I'll drop down to a 12 uh, for fly fishing. Generally, if I'm uh, throwing lures, it's going to be 16 or 20. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I said, it really doesn't matter that you can get get away with a lot thicker and heavier on the fluorocarbon because it is so clear. Right Uh, Now you get into tarpon, uh, that's all fluorocarbon. That's all I'll use on Mm -hmm. them. And that's 60 or 80 pound, depending on what size fish we're after. Uh, so I've got a wide variety. I mean, I've got, I've got 12, 16, 20, uh, 30. You got it all. 50. I mean, <laughs> you
0: got it all. Huh? Got we 30, get the point. <laughs> yeah, I think I got 30,
1: 40, and then 60 and 80, yeah. if I remember right. Anyway, I got a lot of fluorocarbon. Yeah. And uh, the stuff ain't cheap. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you're going to pay a premium for it. But the other side of that is you're not changing your leaders often either, right? Right. Yeah. You know, so it, it it's the same old thing of coming down to, you know, buying a really nice reel and taking care of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. You spent two hundred fifty dollars on it, or buy a ninety nine dollar reel and throw it away at the end of the year and buy another ninety nine dollar reel. Right. The next year. So which way do you you know? How do you want to play it? You mm-hmm. want to just keep using cheaper stuff and go through more of it, or do you want to buy better stuff? Right.
0: And uh, that, that you can talk about that with with just about every, rides, reels, everything. rods,
1: reels, lures, you know, hooks. Mm-hmm. Everything is like that in, in my book. Personally, everything that's on my boat, anything that I use, the pliers, the everything, I go ahead and spend a little extra money mm-hmm. at, at the front end, mm-hmm. uh, reels, everything, because our recreation time is valuable. You're darn right. It yeah, it's is really really valuable, and this went. Now that I'm guiding them on the water all the time, you know, it's not as it's not as valuable as far as my free like time. Like the experience, yeah. But yeah. it's valuable in that I don't want my stuff to break down while mm-hmm. I've got customers with me. And cheaper stuff is going to break down sooner. Mm-hmm. It's just a it's a fact of life. It's right. the way it's going to work. Yeah. And so but when I was recreational fishing in the past, I was hardcore recreational. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I went a lot. I didn't want my pliers to break. Yep. While I'm out there, yeah. I didn't want my reel to to start seizing up. More or, frustrating, you know, the drag start messing up. Yeah. Or the the because um, it sticks in your mind too. Yeah, the push button, <laughs> yeah. you know, the push button on your reel just starts sticking a little bit. And I had one reel where you'd have to flip it up with your thumb. You know, at certain times I finally just chunked the reel. Yeah, I was tired of it. I tried to fix it. I took it to the shop. Invariably, it would get a little gunk in it, and it the the thumb bar would stay down mm-hmm. and i'd have to flip it up with my thumb after every cast right and the amount of frustration that goes into using cheap equipment that you know doesn't hold up it always break waiters yeah. waiters are the worst
0: waiters are getting to be my big thing right now yeah. i used to just go yeah let's, let's
1: get some cheap ones yeah, get, it, but get whatever yeah. you know now get the good lately. Waiters. I've been, yeah it makes just, a big difference and what happens there? The waiters is a really good example. I've got a pair of Sims waiters that I bought when I was still in the police department. Mm-hmm. <laughs> June, this June will be 15 years since I left. That's crazy. And I bought those probably 17, 18 years ago, and they're still fine. I've got another pair now, and you know, I've got yeah. actually I got a couple more pair, but I really didn't need to. And those I wore those last year when uh, when I was doing the uh, photography thing. Uh, in that contest, because I needed to wade in a couple of the ponds mm-hmm. trying to shoot ducks, you know, with the, you know, getting good photos of the ducks, right. so I'm wading around out in the pond, right? And uh, they didn't leak, and you know, nothing
0: makes a big difference. Yeah,
1: and, and they're they're pushing twenty years old. I mean, <laughs> so they've been around a little while. No, they, they, they have they've been seen around. some water,
0: and and they're gonna they're gonna be around for a little while as well. Um, no, that the only thing I would add on yours with the getting back to the to mono versus uh, uh, yeah, kind of rabbit trail. No, no, that was good. No, that was good. <laughs> I mean, that that's what that's, that's kind of what we do. Uh, but uh, uh, the only thing I would add on, on that discussion, mono versus floor, is how fast do you want your bait to sink to? Um, that, because you touched on it, a lot of people use mono for the top waters. I'm I kind of go either way, just work the bait, and it seems to work fine. You know, yeah. I, I'm not that precise on it. But a lot of times if you use it, it on a popping cork and shrimp is I want to make sure I got the right leader on there because when I'm when I'm reeling a shrimp in, and maybe you'll disagree with this, you, you kind of want it in the water column, not all the way on the bottom and not all the way on the top. And it also has to do with how you're reeling. But you, you tend, I tend to use mono. It kind of just keeps it, it's, for some reason, just personal experience, kind of keeps it in the right place easier. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm fluorocarbon all the time. And also, how fast do you want when you pop use a popping cork? Whether it's for redfish or whatever, how fast do you want? It has to do with the weight of the jig head that you're using, which is very light usually. How fast do you want it fluttering down? Yeah. You know, because if you, if you pop and it, it goes whoops, goes straight down. You're going to lose some effect. You want it kind of just fluttering down a little bit. And that has to do with the line and the fluorocarbon. W- yeah. W- would help
1: on that. Yeah. I mean, fluorocarbon. Way to look at it, fluorocarbon sinks yeah. faster than mono. Yeah. You know, mono will sit up on the top a little bit more. Uh, fluorocarbon is tougher than mono it doesn't stretch as much uh if, you know if you use long leaders yeah like what i tend to use like on the tarpon especially uh, absolutely um, there's no stretch to it you know or, or the very little stretch to mm-hmm. fluorocarbon versus mono um, so i want that hook set solid so i've got braid going to fluorocarbon and I'll have very little stretch in there.
0: All right, this will be fun, Scott. Let's uh, let's give our guy Drayton uh, Mazak uh, a call right now and and kind of get the lowdown on what really has become uh, one of the. Uh, the, the, the great kind of success stories of the Bite Me podcast and the Bite Me podcast group page. All right, we we do have Drayton here. Uh, Drayton Mazak, is that how you pronounce it? Or how do you pronounce your last name, Drayton Mazak? Okay. Uh, well, Drayton, it was really really cool. I'm, I'm scrolling through our Bite Me group uh, Facebook page, and uh, I see your pictures. and And I got to the party a little late because I was, uh, you know, I was actually down on the bay, and I'm like, well, this is kind of cool. And then it says I'm 14 years old. And I just bought a brand new boat, and you put in some extra work so you could uh, you could get that boat. And and of course, um, I was talking about earlier. I'm not going to say you turned into an internet sensation, but you turned into a bite me podcast sensation. All kinds of people started reacting uh, to to your posts. There. First things first, tell us you know the backstory of getting the boat, and then your your thoughts on on how people reacted on our group page.
1: Well, I just been working since coronavirus stuff been out of school working working baling hay and uh, everything so i make about ten dollars an hour and it's earned up enough and i've been looking for my own boat i don't know a while finally found one
0: <laughs> so you uh you're in sealy is that correct
1: Sealy, yes sir
0: and and so where do you fish out of normally
1: uh we usually go to matagorda or Palacios.
0: okay and and what do you think uh you and your family about Kind of the reaction
1: you got on on the group page. They were surprised just as much as I was, but I don't know. (laughs) Well, we're all proud of you, man. I mean... There's, there's a whole lot of people out there these days that think the young youngsters are lazy. They you know, they don't want to work. And you're proving them wrong. I love it. Uh, I did the same thing. When I was 14, I was working my butt off. I, was, uh, I worked at Wine Garden sacking groceries. I stocked at night. I swept the floors. I did everything trying to make. I wasn't making $10 an hour. I was making like $2.15 an hour back then. And uh, I saved up my money and bought myself a 14-foot John boat. So
0: uh, tell me then, uh, Drayton, uh, give us an update on the boat. Uh, have you been able to Uh, to get the work done you wanted on it and uh uh, when do you plan to take it out
1: Uh, yesterday i guess we went and got the axles and all the bunk boards and stuff so now we're just waiting on parts for the motor, and
0: that's it. So you're going to work on it yourself and, and your dad or, or some friends, or how's that going to work?
1: Me and my dad are
0: working on it. That's nice. Uh, so I would only recommend – I know, I know your dad is uh, is on top of the game here, but uh, definitely take the boater safety course if you haven't already. How much boating experience do you have?
1: I've been on a boat since I was, I think, two years old. Not
0: a baby. Not a baby. Was... Well, that's good. All right, so so uh, just, just real quick, um, bailing hay? I mean, come on now i mean that's that's real work there what kind of hours that don't bury the lead here what kind of hours did you put in uh to to get uh, i believe you said you spent twenty five hundred dollars on that 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 had to have been pretty pretty tough grind right there Yep, you
1: know, it just depends some some days i'm in a cab some days a not, and i'm out in the blazing sun <laughs> oh my god yeah. i used to bail hay myself <laughs> too when i was a youngster and we my uncle bailed it and it was me and my cousin we had to go along behind and pick up the bales and throw them on there i'm assuming that you're doing round bales huh
0: so, tell us about your experience with the Bite Me uh, podcast. Uh, that that made us feel good. That so many people that that's one of the main reasons we enjoy it. So many people uh, that that learn a, a couple of things. Even veteran fishermen like yourself and and others, uh, you get a lot of uh, out of it. So, how long have you been listening and and your experience with this podcast?
1: Well, I've just been listening
0: since I think like the fifth episode. And- <laughs> that's great. Well, good deal. Yeah. Well, listen, man, uh, we're, we're really happy. I know the community here, the Bite Me community is really happy uh, for you. And uh, we're going to see you out on the bay. And be sure to text me or message me. And I'm sure I can speak for for Captain Scott and all as well. We'll give you some of our numbers and some of our spots. And uh, who knows, maybe even get you out on our on our boat uh, to, to help you out if you have any questions or anything. But it sounds like you can fish both of us, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Take care, Drayton, and we will talk to you soon. All right.
1: Thanks for having me. All right. No problem problem how about that that's uh, cool yeah it, the you the backstory on that is we, the first time we tried to call him he was driving a tractor
0: he was driving a tractor <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like oh we had to put pause on that a little bit of editing on yeah. the on the old podcast yeah, we were
1: going to open the show with talking to him and, uh, can i call y'all back i'm driving a tractor okay. right now hey so no right. don't
0: let me get in the way of that work hey, i'm on a tractor all the time i get it hey i tell people all the time what i do for a living is difficult but it ain't work I, <laughs> I know what work is i've done i've, yeah. I've picked some watermelons in my time and yeah. stuff like that but uh, it ain't work that's work what not, he's
1: doing not through hay bales yeah and uh man i wish we had round bales back then yeah it'd be a lot easier driving I, yeah just drive around and pick them up yeah uh that kid's got a bright future and we wanted to at least get him on
0: there for a little bit uh uh, before we let you go uh, for, for today, we're going to have very, very soon, maybe even by the end of this week, uh, people have asked it for them. Your, your girl Camille came through. we got the Bite Me podcast stickers you can put on your boat or whatever it is you want, and Bite Me podcast hats are coming yep. in as well. What what What's uh, the lowdown there so people can, can get them, I'm sure, via the, uh, the Captain Scott an website and our Facebook page yeah, as well. Yeah,
1: it'll, it'll be on my photography website because I've got a store set up in there, mm-hmm. and so it's easier for her to do that. And to trying to set up another store and all yeah. that so she's selling it through my uh scott and All photography okay. website uh, she'll put it up there on the on the bite me page mm-hmm. whenever it, it actually comes through or the link uh, we haven't whatever. we haven't got the new shirts yet she, i think she ordered three colors this time if i'm not mistaken nice. she got some of the the really big ones for the big boys yeah we had a couple requests yeah we had some requests for that um but then she went ahead while she was messing with it she went ahead and had them do some stickers nice and uh there's they're one, nice yeah there's one sticker that's uh just looks just like what was on the shirt mm-hmm. and it's like a five six inch sticker something i think it's like five that. inches yeah yeah I believe it's five mm-hmm. and then there's one that's more oval shaped that doesn't have the the microphone part yeah. of it yeah uh it's just got the redfish and the trout and the bite me Uh, we had that logo designed because the original logo wouldn't fit on a hat very well it's going to look great on the hat and so this one goes on the hat Mm -hmm. and then uh, I think if I remember right she got it uh, the hats are embroidered either on the side or the back strap Mm -hmm. and it says bite me on there if I'm (laughs) that's so good if I'm not mistaken, I think that, <laughs> that we talked about so many different things yeah. on the hats yeah. and the shirts and all that stuff. I can't remember exactly what she settled on. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it's all coming. Uh, we got the stickers in this week. And I, she's real, real busy right now. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, kayak sales. Like through the have roof. gone through the roof, Good. man. Good. I mean, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fish and Tackle Unlimited, they're selling twice as many kayaks as, as normal. That's awesome. Uh, I don't know if it's a stimulus check or people Thoredom. just staying home. yeah. You know, Finding new avenues. Well, the staycations. Yeah. You know, people are, instead of going to Mexico or yeah. to the Caribbean or on a cruise, mm-hmm. they're looking for something to do closer to home yeah and i think that's really spurred that on uh, but the whole entire tackle industry from everything i'm gathering yeah um the biggest problem is getting a supply because some of these i've
0: gone a couple of times as i'm sure you have some of
1: these shelves are just barren yeah. well we'll think about it from her her perspective uh you know she got laid off during it Mm -hmm. because they weren't making any kayaks yeah and then they they sold through (laughs) they sold through all of them well the the factory was completely shut down Mm -hmm. you know they're up in tennessee and yeah it was completely shut down for a long time that's jackson and jackson kayaks and now they're they're back up and they're making kayaks as fast as they can make them and they're staying behind constantly Man, that's something and uh, so she's back at it and so she's dealing with a lot of her dealers right now. Yeah. And they're Everybody all screaming about <laughs> about what more guys. Everybody wants more. Uh, go down Forget there. Forget those guys. How about me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's, she's kind of tied up with that. So I'm yeah. not going to push her too hard on yeah. getting the stickers I'll I'll and the shirts her. in there. I'll, I'll push her.
0: <laughs> you know, I'll let you. And, She'll tell me to jump in a lake, but. Yeah, I'll let you and Caleb
1: talk to her about <laughs> that. that. We'll get but, it done. So, yeah, I have to live with her. Just, yeah.
0: Just keep your, your eye out on it. We're going to have hats, stickers, shirts. Um, and uh, th- that's kind of our way of uh, of just uh, making sure everybody uh, can represent uh, this, this great uh, community that, that we've built on the Bite Me podcast. Don't forget, it's going to be on the Facebook page. Uh, don't forget to to book Captain Scott, capscottnull.com captainexperiences.com for a lot of the guys that have been on us and uh, on our air including including Captain Scott Uh, we're going to talk with Jonathan Noir from from captainexperiences.com next week so keep your eye out on that because he's got some good insight uh, on some things we want to talk about Uh, until then drop us your questions Uh, we'll try to give you uh, everything we can do on the topic And uh, go catch some fish, man. And uh, if you see old uh, Drayton out on the water, give him a shout out, man. And we'll get him a sticker and a shirt as well. We'll talk to you guys later. Catch some fish.